0: Welcome to New Spring Church. We pray this message has inspired you to live a great life. For more information about our story, go to newspring.org.au. I wonder if you've ever heard someone point at someone, usually someone who's like big muscles or something, and say, He's on the juice. Have you ever heard that phrase before? He's on the juice, or she's on the juice. You know, people usually use that um, term in a negative sense um, because it would mean that that person is taking something that's causing them to perform in this superhuman um, way. I mean, you've seen those guys with those huge big muscles like what I've got, like they're just like, that fella, he's definitely on the juice. Um, recently in the AFL, we've had um, this controversy with a particular um, football club, not the Eagles or the Dockers, but another one over East, and it's gone on for years. But you know what? Obviously, someone's been on the juice. <laughs> Weightlifting, you're on the juice. And and you know what? Well, people say, that person's on the juice, and it's not fair because it's causing them to perform in a way that's not natural. It's causing them to perform in a superhuman kind of way. And what happens, because of human nature, we kind of get um, fixated with it and people try to cut corners and, and hide the fact that they may be on certain things to perform better um, because people want to act and be in a superhuman kind of way. And I was thinking about just that whole idea of being on the juice and, and I was wondering that, imagine if instead of being fixated with being superhuman, we actually had in our mind that I actually want to be truly human. As Christians, we understand there's a bit of a difference that, that to be superhuman, that's one thing, but to actually be truly human, that's another thing. And, and to be honest, Scripture would say that if we are to live as true humans, if, if we are to live in a way that God truly intended, well then you have to be on the juice. You actually have to be on the juice. And I'm not talking about some illegal substance. Don't go out and go do something illegal and say, Dave the pastor said, it's okay, I can go do this. That, That is not what I'm saying. But there is a spiritual juice that we need to be on if we are to be truly human. You know, in the book of Genesis, the Word of God says that God created man in His image. In His image, He created them. Male and female, He created them. And the idea is that for us to be truly human in this world, we will actually reflect the character, the nature, and actually participate in the agenda of God. But in order to actually walk in a way that sort of looks like God, and to talk in a way that looks like God, and and to have um, a a personality that reflects Jesus in this world, how many of you know that we're going to need something, we're going to need to get on the juice? And that's what this series has really been about. Our key verse has been in Galatians chapter five, verse twenty-two. Um, by now, your Bible should just just flip open to there naturally. But Galatians chapter five, verse twenty-two to verse twenty-three says this: "But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things." And every week we've been kind of looking in on one of these virtues that comes from this spiritual fruit. And today I want to look at one of these virtues. And the thing with this particular virtue is that this virtue has an amazing reward attached to it. An amazing reward. The thing is that even though it has an amazing reward attached to it, the reward fades into insignificance compared to what it actually can do in this world. It is something that we need in our life. And and to be honest, we don't talk about it too much because it's kind of this underappreciated virtue that we all know that we need. 2 Timothy 2, verse 13 says this, If we are unfaithful, He, that being God, remains faithful, for He cannot deny who He is. I want to talk about faithfulness. Faithfulness. Who likes that word faithfulness? Faithfulness. Has anyone ever experienced the faithfulness of God in your life? Is anyone happy that God is faithful? You know? Does it make anyone like sort of glad that, that 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 God is really consistent even when we're not consistent? Is that good? That his love towards us doesn't change, that that he remains faithful to forgive. Aren't you like so happy that even though, like, even though we can do some really, 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 really dumb things, the sun's still going to rise tomorrow because our God is so faithful? Is anyone really happy that God is faithful? Well, let me ask you another question Is anyone in your life really glad that you're faithful? Well, that's good. Faithfulness. Is anyone, is anyone happy that you're faithful? Because God's faithful and we're supposed to be faithful. But what is faithfulness? You know, faithfulness is kind of one of those words that I know what it is because of what it isn't. It's a kind of word that doesn't really sell out conferences and, and doesn't really become bestsellers, even though if we were to advertise, you know, faithfulness, it'll change your life. That's absolutely true, but that's not going to be a bestseller because we've got other things like book titles like Leading with Grit, Getting to Yes, an intriguing one like Tribal Leadership. I mean, they're really sexy titles, but if you've got to throw out Faithfulness, that may not be a uh, New York bestseller. But the truth of the matter is Faithfulness will actually change your life. And I think the reason why um, is that the very essence of Faithfulness is really unassuming. It really goes unnoticed. In the um, biblical Hebrew, faith and faithfulness are grammatically very similar and they're very important. But the problem is that in the English, we don't really have a word that that kind of really brings out the essence of what faithfulness really is. The most relevant kind of um, idea that we would probably have is this idea of to strengthen and to support and to hold up. You know, I was thinking that if we were to look at faithfulness in this particular room, if we were to observe what we see in this particular room, what would faithfulness look like? I mean, you might come in, and usually when people come in, particularly for the first time, they'll walk into this auditorium and they'll see the chairs. And I will say, whoa, there's quite a few chairs here, Dave. Say, yeah, there's quite a few chairs. Because sometimes the inside looks bigger than the outside when you walk into this place. You might look up here and you see there's a screen over there or there's some lights over here and, and there's some paint on the wall. But, but do you know what? None of these things would actually be a picture of faithfulness in this church. Do you know what would be a picture of faithfulness in this church? I don't know if you could see, but at the back, they're, they're painted black, but there are these steel pillars. Just turn around, see if you can see them. There are these steel pillars. And these steel pillars are all around the place. I can move the chairs. I can move the screen. I can change the paint but I can't move the pillars. See, pillars would be that image of something that strengthens, something that supports, something that builds up. That would be the picture of faithfulness. Pillars in a church. That's what faithfulness is. And here's the thing about those pillars. When I walk into this auditorium, I never notice the pillars. Never do. I walk past them all the time. I, like, I could walk past them and don't even notice them. In fact, we've got these partitions in front of it to hide the pillars and we don't even notice that they're over there. The pillars don't move ever, ever. They never move. You know, I'll go home th- this afternoon and I'll come back um, to church tomorrow night or, or on Tuesday and Wednesday and, and you know what? I'll go away, you'll go away, you'll come back. But the pillars, they stay there all the time. They don't move an inch. They don't go anywhere. You know, these pillars, they have constant stress on them. And they are carrying constant weight all of the time. They just continue to do that. And I have to tell you, I've been in this church as a lead pastor almost five years, and I have never once heard one of these pillars complain about just being there the whole time, having to carry it. You know, I've never had one of the pillars come up to me and say, you know what, Dave, for the last 20 plus years, I've been doing this job over here, and I'm just under it. I've never heard that, yet these pillars remain faithful. These pillars, they strengthen, they support, and they hold up. I wonder if you could imagine your marriage as a building or maybe your vocation, your career as a building or maybe parenthood as a, as a building or maybe even your church as a building. What is it that continues to strengthen and hold up that particular building? It ain't the stuff that can move. It's not the thing that is that temporary. It's actually this virtue that is called faithfulness. You see, faithfulness is a building word. It's a strengthening word. It's not a sexy word. I'll grant that. But it is a pillar. You know, it's not something like this nice big screen over here that like, kind of looks, we can make it look cool and, and we can put all these different things on and videos and whoa. It's fantastic. It's not like the carpet. It's not like an amazing pendant in the foyer. It's something that sticks around and stays there and holds up. It is steadfast. It's consistent. It's, a, it, it's careful in keeping to what it has been entrusted to do. You know, faithfulness is knowing what God's asked you to do and doing it over and 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 over again. But faithfulness is something that is required in life, isn't it? Who's married here? Who said I do when you got married? Now, that's not the first time, that's not the only time you said, I do, is it? Because you woke up in the morning today, and you might not have articulated it, but you still said, I do. Sitting next to your spouse right now, and you're saying, I do. You go home this afternoon, and you'll look at her, or you look at him, and you say, yeah, I do. Because it is about doing the same thing over and over and over again. Tomorrow morning, you'll wake up, and you know what? He might have bad breath, or his hair might be all out, and, and the makeup's not on. But you look around, and you'll say, I do. We don't say that once, do we? We say I do in the good times, but we also say I do in the rocky times. Because it's faithfulness that actually builds a marriage. How many of us actually have children here? You know, when that little baby comes, I remember when Kayla first came home. That was the slowest I've ever driven in my car, bringing my child home. You know, that that is the absolute slowest. Jackson, no problem. Second child doesn't matter, but the first child you know, but little Kayla, you know what, well, these little cute little babies, all of a sudden they start talking back to you and all of a sudden they don't listen to what you say and then you know what, these little babies they become teenagers, teenagers, teenagers for crying out loud and then teenagers, they become young adults, you know, there's a reason why they call the, those young adult years the critical decade because anything can happen and then these young adults become adults And but, but, but throughout it all, we're still parents and what is it going to take to build support, to actually build God-honoring children from the little baby through to the teenagers. It takes faithfulness. You know? That kid may be like my kids. They're absolutely going nuts. And I think, I know what the answer is. I'm going to go get a Happy Meal. You realize there's a reason why they called it a Happy Meal. Because it makes the parents happy. It does. Absolutely. It is a gift from God. I tell you what, it has saved me so many times. But in order for that child, for my little beautiful children to grow and becoming God-honoring people, men and women of God who believe that the impossible is possible, that they are going to cut sick for Jesus, they're going to extend and build a kingdom, they're going to go further than their mum and dad, it's going to require faithfulness on my behalf and on Andrea's behalf, isn't it? It's going to require... How do you build a church? Just come and go, you know what? You know, no, 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 no. It takes faithfulness. It takes faithfulness. You know, I rocked in here this morning and um, I knew what the church looked like on Friday because we had a big week last week. And um, we had a funeral um, for, for our dear friend Les here and we had a prayer meeting and, and all that. And like I was here on Friday and this place was absolutely trashed, absolutely trashed. And I walked in this morning, and you know, like even back there, those those, partitions, it's just lined up perfectly. The seats were just like, when I left on Friday, the seats were not perfect, and it lined up perfectly. I went out there, and there was mess over there, and like it's all neat out there. And I know what happened, because yesterday, Aaron Melville came into the church with his wife, and they cleaned the church up. But he's not just been doing that like just last night. He's been doing that for 17 years. The boy, the man is faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. Faithful. Faithfulness. It takes faithfulness to build a church, doesn't it? Because there are times when you don't want to. And you just you got to do it anyway. In a new job, it doesn't take too much character to begin something new. Have you noticed that? To start a new job, parenting, um, marriage, walking with Jesus. Because there's emotion that can just get you kick-started. It doesn't take too much character to begin, but it takes faithfulness to complete it, to finish it. Faithfulness is one of those words that is underappreciated. But unless we have faithfulness in our lives, things fall down. Things crash to the ground because it is faithfulness that is that building word that virtue that gift of the spirit that this virtue this nutritional virtue that grows in our heart that enables us to be steadfast enables us to be consistent it enables us to keep on going to keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again and it is faithfulness that builds a life its faithfulness that builds a child its faithfulness that builds a marriage its faithfulness that builds a career its faithfulness that builds a, that builds a church It's faithfulness. It's faithfulness. You know, it seems that from the beginning, even to now, that this virtue of faithfulness, it isn't that common in the world. There's a sentiment that's spoken of in the Proverbs and in James and other epistles in the New Testament, also in the Psalms. And it says, you know, many will say that they are loyal, that they are friends, but who can find someone who's really faithful? Who can find someone who's really faithful? Well, I pray that I might be be that minority in the world, that when people look at a Dave Ryder, that they will see someone, hey, may not be the best looking, good looking, you know. Sorry about that. May not be the, the fittest guy around, but I know something about Dave. He keeps rocking up day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, decade after decade. I know something about that guy. He's faithful. He's faithful. It's not what you do once that brings success. It's what you do over and over and over again. If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn to Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to look at two verses um, in Proverbs 3. Verse 3 to 4. I'm going to read from the New International Version. And um, Proverbs 3 says this. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you'll win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. There's a couple of things about faithfulness that this scripture kind of brings out. It's almost like there's a bit of an anatomy when it comes to faithfulness in your life and in my life. First thing it says is that there is this thing that is outwardly outwardly adorned when it comes to faithfulness. There's something that you can see when it comes to a faithful person. Verse 3 says, Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Around your neck. The idea is like there's a necklace or there's something around your neck that can be seen and can be observed. You don't have a beautiful necklace just to hide it. But you actually want it to show it off. And there's something about faithfulness that you can actually see it. It should be seen. It should be kind of observed for others. But then the writer of Proverbs actually says, it's not just this outward expression. Because how many of you know that appearances can be deceiving, can't they? It can be very easy to act like in a certain way. I can actually act like a very faithful person, but but the, I may not be faithful at all. And that's why it actually goes on to say to write them on the tablet of your heart. So even though true faithfulness can be adorned externally, true faithfulness is actually governed internally. Okay? It is actually a state of the heart. True faithfulness is a state, it, it, it is a thing of the heart. I saw something on... Um, uh, and I know that there's fake news and all this sort of stuff, but on, on Perth News today or whatever it is, and about a famous footballer who was doing all this sort of stuff, and the accusation was this person was doing it just for a knighthood, um, for, for this, this gain which wasn't genuine. But that just makes them human because we can all be like that, can't we? You can rock up every single week and, and, and try to look faithful, but there's actually an agenda there. And that's why the Bible says that don't necessarily look at the external appearances or don't be uh, deceived by external appearances because faithfulness has two components. There's an external appearance. It's outwardly adorned, but it's internally governed. It's actually a state of the heart. And because true faithfulness is a state of the heart and because our God is faithful, he cannot deny himself, True faithfulness is something that must grow in our hearts by the working of the Holy Spirit. It has to. We've been saying from week one that that this fruit of the Spirit grows naturally under certain conditions. The first condition is a Christian heart. If you have a Christian heart, if you've given your life to Jesus, hey, you've got the right soil right there. But the second thing that actually needs is that a heart that has a disposition or a posture of submission to the agenda of God, to the plans and purposes of God. And that word submission is simply to come under the mission of God. And God's agenda is to seek and to save the lost and to bring healing and reconciliation. His agenda is actually to bring about new creation in this world that he wants to use us to bring about something new, to be his hands and his feet, not just to lift up holy hands and like being a little kumbaya, holy huddle, but to go out into the world and see the kingdom of God come. And if we actually have in our mindset, I'm not actually purposed to sit here in church and just hang around Christians all the time, but God has called me to go out into the darkness and be light when we come up. Under the mission, and if we do that, this fruit is going to naturally grow. You don't have to, like, sort of be over there. Like, like, like I've never seen a fruit tree just really just go, mm, try to produce fruit. It just produces fruit, unless it's in the wrong conditions. Banana tree doesn't grow in my backyard, but it'll grow in the tropics, right? The right conditions and faithfulness will grow it will grow. A life that continually comes to Scripture and to Jesus and continually says every day, I'm going to come under the Lordship of Jesus Christ in every area of my life. Even when we stuff it up, even though we fall, here's news, you're going to stuff it up. You're going to fall. You're not perfect yet. But praise God, we're in a community where we can spur each other on. We can hold each other by the hand and say, come on, man, you can do it. Get back up. We can do it. We can do it. God is for us. He's not against us. Isn't that right? Yeah. It's an internal state of the heart. You know, a couple of years ago, Andrew and I went on a great trip, and we got to go to the Sistine Chapel, and um, it's beautiful. I mean, you could actually sit there. like If there was room and people weren't around, you just lie on your back and just look up for days and weeks. It's that gorgeous. Um, Michelangelo, he was, like, painting, and um, if, you, if you know the story, it took... <laughs> It took ages to paint these frescoes on the high ceiling. And one stage he had a friend come up to him and, and um, he's up on scaffolding and all that and said, you know what, people are only going to be able to see all of this from such a great distance. Why are you, like, spending so much time with all this detail and everything? No one is ever going to know. And Michelangelo just said, but I'll know. You see, faithfulness is a state of the heart. No one else will know, but I'll know. It's a state of the heart. It's a state of the heart. And you know what? Although faithfulness does have its reward, you know, in this verse uh, from verse 4, it says, then you'll win favor and a good name in the sight of God and the sight of man. I mean, there are great things. That is a fantastic reward. Fantastic reward. And we should be so excited about that. The reward of faithfulness actually runs parallel to the purposes of faithfulness in in our life. Remember what I said faithfulness is? Faithfulness is to strengthen. Faithfulness is to support. Faithfulness is to hold up. Faithfulness is a building word. And if you and I want faithfulness to come front and center in our lives, we need to be able to answer concisively and clearly one simple question. What are we building in our life? What are we building with our life? Because in order for us not only to start but to complete, it has to um, come with faithfulness. And I'm not talking about just building anything. I'm talking about a God-honoring build in your life. A God-honoring build to come under. Because beginning is easy. Finishing requires faithfulness. Beginning, you can start with a sliver of inspiration, but to finish... You're going to need something that's going to strengthen, support, and to hold up. What are you going to build? Whether it be a God-honoring business or God-honoring mar- marriage, a God-honoring children, a God-honoring church, or even a God-honoring career. Someone has to make the decision to add strength to what is being built. You know what? At some stage, someone needs to stand up and say, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to keep rocking up. I'm going to be like that pillar. I'm going to keep carrying the weight. I'm going to keep lifting the burden. I'm going to keep doing it God's way, even though uh, there may be other ways. I'm actually going to come under the Word of God and actually allow the Word of God to give me wisdom and to show me direction. I'm going to do it God's way. I'm going to do it God's way over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Faithfulness, you see. Last scripture we're going to look at is 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul's speaking here. And Paul is a guy who built with his life. In fact, what we have today is because he built. The church today, um, in a large degree, is because of what Paul built. And he's writing to a church in Corinth. And he says from verse 10, Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation... Like an expert builder. Now others are building on it, <clears throat> but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we have already have, Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value at all. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like some barely escaping through walls of flames. Now listen to what Paul's saying. He's saying, because of the grace it's given to me, I laid the foundation like an expert, like an expert builder. The, the 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 thing that he added that little bit at the end, because he could have laid that anyway. I guarantee, like, in fact, I did not even have to, like, give, like, this, this is what, what happened in our place. I tried to lay some grass. Not as an expert. As a novice. And I knew what I needed to do. Because we got Google. Oh, uh, Right? I knew what... what and, and I started to do what we needed to do. And Andrew started. We started, but it was really hard and we couldn't get there. So now we've got this beautiful green grass that kind of goes like this. But we can build things in different ways. But Paul says, I decided to build like an expert. That's faithfulness. No one else would have seen it, but he saw it. And he said that because I decided to build like an expert, now others can build upon what I've already built. And that's the key, right? Because whatever we build with our life, another generation is going to come and build on what we've already built. Right? In this church. If we do not build this church like experts, there's going to be another generation that's going to come and they may try to build like experts, but our course might be a bit wonky and it's going to be harder for them. But if we are faithful to build in the correct manner, to build like experts, well, then the next generation is going to come and build. And if they build like experts, then the next generation is going to build another course. And over time, the church gets built. But it only happens if we actually have it in our heart that we're going to build like experts. And Paul actually says that anyone who builds on that foundation, they can use a variety of materials. They can come, they can use gold, silver, jewels. They can even use wood hay or straw, but on the judgment day it's going to be tested. So basically they're saying, you know what, I can actually build in such a way that I'm building a house of cards. I can just use like paper and like paper mache and cardboard and, and cut some of these cheap materials, but at, at some stage that's going to get tested. It's going to get tested at some stage. And if I build correctly, if I build like an expert, if I build with the right materials, it doesn't matter if the fire comes. It doesn't matter. what, what God, It doesn't matter. It's going to actually stand the test. But if I've just built a house of cards, it may look okay. It may stand for a moment. But when the fire comes, when God comes and investigates, he'll just go, and it reveals the work of our heart, you see. And that principle, he's obviously talking about the church here. That was his vocation. But the principle actually applies to every area of our life. That when it comes to our attitude to building, I want to build like an expert. When it comes to my marriage, I want to build like an expert. When it comes to being a dad, I want to build like an expert. When it comes to being the pastor, I want to build like an expert. You know, I want to build like an expert in every area of my life, knowing that whatever I have built right now, there's going to be another generation that's going to come along and they're going to start building on what I've already built. And our prayer has to be, has to, it simply has to be that the generation that comes will go further and faster than us. It simply has to be that way. Our our, our aspiration should be we should go further and faster than previous generations. Because if we do not go further and faster than previous generations, that is not honouring them at all. The reason why people have built here is so we can launch. I met an amazing guy on Wednesday at the funeral. And he was talking to me. He was the chair of the eldership um, decades ago, I think. But he was talking to me about the construction of this building. And those beams actually came from someone's house, apparently. So this building was actually built around steel that was just hanging around. <laughs> Crazy, right? Um, but he, you know, he actually looked at me and he said, are you a kingdom person? He actually said those words to me. This is an older gentleman. And I said, sir, I pray I am. Um, and he smiled and he just said, you go for it. But we're only here today because of what they did, right? In 20 years from now, they will look back on us and our job is to faithfully build like an expert. In 20 years from now, your children may look back and they're going to build on what we've built, right? You may even be in a workplace and at some stage you need to do a handover. Well, they're only going to build on what you've expertly built, okay? But this is where faithfulness comes in. It's his virtue of faithfulness. And I've got to tell you, I am so glad that God is faithful. I'm going to call the band up. I'm so glad that God is faithful. But because God is so faithful, because he cannot deny himself, because even when I am faithless, he remains faithful, surely my prayer should be that there are people in my life, there are people in my era of influence who thank God that I myself, that I am faithful. And if we take on this challenge, if we allow this virtue to take front and center in our lives, we will be expert builders in every facet of our life. And we will build something that will stand the test of time and something that the next generation will be able to build upon and we will see God's kingdom come and be established and just expanded like never before. Is that